Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. It's been a while. It's really been a long time, but we're coming back with a podcast collided episode. And the podcast that we will be talking to today is Little Decisions Podcast. The podcast host, her name is Victoria. She hails from the great state of Georgia, and that's a lot of peaches out there in Georgia. Um, and she has a very subtle message inside her podcast. So, Victoria, please let us know a little bit about you and tell us all about your podcast. Okay. Well, my name is Victoria Cooper, and I started a podcast this past year in 2021 um, about kindness, connection, and community in Athens, Georgia. Um, Athens, Georgia is where I live currently. I've lived a couple different places in Georgia, and I talk about kindness because there's not a lot of it in the world. Maybe there's just not enough of it. And in my life, in my past, and I'm always very frank about this because I also talk about mental health issues and things like that. Um, my past wasn't always full of kindness. It was full of some pretty detrimental and traumatic things. And so I talk about those things in terms of like how we can change the narrative and how we can be kinder to each other every day. And so that's why I call my podcast Little Decisions because it's about those small choices we make every day to be kinder and gentler to each other and ourselves. Okay, now, um, that's a good message and that's a good strong statement to have in life. So what day and time did you just decide that it was time to do a podcast? Because I, I tell you, and I don't go into my story very much, but I'll just take two seconds so to give you some time to formulate an idea and a process for it. Um, basically, uh, me and my wife that passed away or whatever, we did this, we, we, she did a little voice hair stuff and did some singing. And she was like, you're one of those folklore people, so why don't you just tell some stories? And I, and I agreed. I said, I should do that. And that's how the podcasting got started. And then uh, after that, the podcast that I did with someone else, uh, we parted ways. And that person took the podcast and went to bigger, brighter things. And then I revamped my stuff and came back with West Virginia and Commonplace. So what day and what time did you decide to start doing your podcast? You know what? It was funny. It was last year. It was November. So it was, you know, kind of right around this time. I had just quit my job as a substance abuse counselor. I had done that for about a year and I realized I didn't have healthy boundaries and I couldn't keep taking my work home with me. It was just killing my mental health. Um, and I decided right then and there, right as I was walking out of that building, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm such a planner. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. And I didn't know yet it was going to be about kindness, but I knew I was doing a podcast because I love podcasts. I love how you can tell a story with your voice and you can use the audio to narrate and to add to it. And it just, it makes it so different than like a book, just reading a book. Okay. Now, everyone has a stroke of positivity to them. And with doing your type of show, your show helps a lot of people. So, Victoria, here's my question to you, because we do hard-hitting questions on this podcast. Not anything to disrupt your mental or anything like that, but how do you take time to take care of yourself while taking care of the world with your podcast? You know, that's a really important thing, and I'm glad you asked that. Because I am I'm on my social media in particular, I show my mental health as it is. So in that moment, so there are days when I just don't want to get out of bed. Um, I've been experiencing lately this thing I've called depression fog. And by being really open and honest when I'm not okay, 
it allows me to kind of channel those moments when I am okay and to bring that to my podcast. You know, I don't record at the same times each week or it, it's, it depends. I just have to be in that sort of state where I am able to give that. But because I'm able to take time for myself, since podcasting is my full-time job right now, I'm able to do that. And that's just such a powerful thing that I wish everyone had the time to do. And that right there, that right there was the gem inside this episode thus far. Because you explained to us, you help podcasters, I don't know if you noticed in what you said, you help podcasters to understand how to have a balance. And that is something that is so hard to do inside podcasting. And I greatly appreciate you for that. Now, let's dig into your show. You have 40 episodes, correct? Yep. Out of 40 episodes, we're going to talk about a few episodes if you don't care. That's fine with me. Episode one, choose gratitude. And this is what I want to know, because inside the, when we do this podcast, a collide episode, what we're trying to get across here is we want to learn the process of the creator. We kind of want to get inside what you come up with, how you formulated, not necessarily the aesthetics of how you record it, but yeah. what you want to record it. So mm -hmm. choose gratitude where did this episode come from and how did it come to be and is it one of your favorite episodes so it is actually choose gratitude is probably my second favorite episode because it was such a mountain to make and I always tell podcasters this that first episode feels like a mountain because there's so much to learn there's so much to do and I was so grateful for having the time to learn it having the ability to learn it having the willingness to try that I knew gratitude and choosing gratitude had to be what my first episode was about because I was just so grateful to have gotten to that point. It was, it was really cathartic to be able to produce something where I was just authentically myself, but I was talking about something that I felt was important and I was kind of starting to get the podcast going. And, and I just, I laid the foundation and the groundwork in that episode. And I just, I loved being able to do that. It, it's my, one of my favorites. Okay. And it's one of my favorites too. And then you have an episode that uh, as a, we're going to take away the part of the podcaster that I am as a fan going through your catalog. Episode three, practice self-care. Self-care is something that when we go into to the empowerment and working with uh, mental health, we always talk about self-care to a degree of, of, of it not being a self-maintenance self-care like kind of pat yourself up and keep going and help the world with what you can helping other people out of their mental stigmas but self-care that episode right there gave me a whole new respect for self-care i want to tell you that so please please let the audience know how and why you came up with that episode because to me you have a great body of work but that could be considered you said that your other show was your second best. I can consider this one probably your best mental health uh, stretch and exercise for your listeners. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I, you know, in that episode, I took self-care and I broke it down. I think it was in eight segments. 
And I talked about it from just all different perspectives because I, I just think, you know, we've, we've been taught that self-care is this like minimal thing and it's really not. Self-care is about choosing ourselves in all kinds of different ways. You know, I talk about how no is a complete sentence and that is a form of self-care. I talk about how, you know, not overspending money if you're in a marriage is self-care because, you know, you're a team and you don't want to be ashamed of your behaviors later. I talk about self-care from those like realistic nitty gritty ways that like have really helped me. And so I love hearing that like that came across um, because that episode was, it was hard to make because I really wanted to get a little bit more analytical. I wanted to get a little more specific with my ideas. I sometimes go big picture because I don't want to get too micro for people. I want them to think for themselves. But at the same time, that episode, it was just, it had to be specific. It had to be done in those little areas so that I could kind of explain why each area was a kindness to ourselves. So I'm glad that came across. Now, there's an important part of podcasting. We all have a main show, but inside our show, most people have a series. Little Decisions, Thankful Interview Series. Mm -hmm. I would like to know what your favorite episode is in that. And I will say this, uh, it was an episode you did with Deanna Washington from Washington Farms. That was probably the one, if I can just click, and I'm just going right off the top of my head, uh, that I that, that, that threw me that drew me in. And I like the aspect that you actually have a series inside your show because it gives different dynamic. And podcasters, a lot of times, don't understand that. It's all right to have your bread and butter show, but you need to have a dessert or you need to have an appetizer to go along with that. And, and that's what I realized. So this series kind of came about because I had a lot of people wanting more episodes, wanting more, you know, I had more interviews slated. I probably had, when I started releasing these interviews, I think I had like eight interviews in the can, which is way too many for a once a week uh, release schedule. So I, I came up with this series because it was November and I was really just grateful for all the people I had met in Athens that are doing really special work. Um, my interview with Deanna Washington is probably my second favorite in that series, but my interview with Allison Always from United Way was just wonderful for me. It was one of my first interviews that I did. I did it months before I released it, but it fit so well into this series because the United Way of Northeast Georgia is just doing some great work. And I was able, I felt like it really kind of captured that what I'm grateful for and what the podcast really is, which is about kindness and community and building those connections. It just felt like that almost perfect episode for that. Okay. Now your podcast is polished. And, it, and like I said, I give you a, a high compliment on it. It is very contagious. Once you start listening to it, you do get into it. And in doing this, because when we do these episodes too, um, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge you on this level and say this. I respect your work as a podcaster too, not just the episode. So how did you figure out how to tailor your show to certain audiences because some people will blindly say oh, i don't know how i did but eventually after four or five episodes you start realizing the way that you say things the way that you handle certain situations uh you know they kind of tie into your uh you know to, to the audience that you get so how did you learn about this and how did you like develop your technique to draw people in so i tried something really really different 
I actually started going on Saturdays to a local market right near Athens. It's called the Marigold Market in Winterville. And I started going there and talking to people, anyone who would talk to me about I'm making this podcast. It's about kindness in Athens. What would you want to hear? What questions would you want me to answer? What would you want me to talk about? And I just had conversation after conversation after conversation. I did this for the full four weeks before I released the first episode on the podcast. And so I was trying different things and tinkering with things and I would play stuff for people or I do a little mini interview with people and see how that went, see what worked and what didn't. So I was literally on the ground with people kind of playing, but, but behind the scenes, it was, it was the month before the few weeks before I released the podcast. And I think that allowed me to do a lot of growing before I released that first episode. And that really, that was so helpful to have that like one-on-one interaction with people where they would, they would tell me, you know, Hey, I like the questions you're asking, or I don't think this really relates to what you're talking about, or I don't understand what you're doing. You know, it was just, it was really nice to have that conversation with people. And so I think, um, and I know that's not feasible or possible for every podcaster by any stretch of the imagination, But I think finding ways to think outside the box and reach people as directly as you can with your content as soon as possible to get feedback matters. And I think you have to be humble about it and just accept that, you know, not everything I make is great and that's fine. Some of the stuff I made in the beginning before I released it was, it was pretty awful, but I'm glad that I made it because it helped me learn what I did and didn't want to hear myself. And I kind of, having listened to enough podcasts, you know, we know what kind of hits and what misses in some ways. If you're a good podcaster, you really do. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's like, it comes like riding a bicycle. You, you know how to progressively make your episode good. And sometimes, you know, in the middle of some episodes, they get bad. But um, that's something that you do very well. Now, there's some questions. And everybody that does the podcast a lot of episodes with me, I give you some questions that I tell you that we're not going to use, correct? Yeah. Inside of it, there's one that I like to ask everyone because the common mistakes, the common mistakes for me when I first started out was when I started out, um, I didn't join the podcast community. I didn't get on Instagram with it. I promoted my stuff, but I never spoke with another podcast. Um, It was a double-end blade because later on in life, I've probably had issues with other podcasters because we all do because things arise because we all have different things in different creative spaces. Yeah. So what was a common mistake that you have made when creating an episode? Oh, I've got one that I'm trying to address just this week and it is my procrastination. So I am by nature, I have ADHD. So I am by nature a procrastinator. I just, some things are bigger for me than they should be. And and especially when it's like consistent work that has to be repeated. And I'm sometimes just not in a headspace to record, but I'm also sometimes just purposely delaying the work. And so I really have had to learn that I can only procrastinate to a certain point if I want to produce quality work. And I've actually gotten to the point where I procrastinated so much, I didn't release an episode. I released just an interview. You know, I didn't go into segments in the episode and I just released an interview that I had available because I knew I didn't have enough time to produce quality content. I think that's an important thing that like we should all be prepared for is either through writer's block or through, you know, procrastination as in my case, sometimes you're just gonna, you're just gonna keep making that same mistake until you address it. 
So, and that is definitely mine. Okay. Now, inside podcasting, we have success, we have ups and downs, we have failures. To me, I consider a failure just a lesson learned. I don't consider anything negative. Sometimes we have to to learn things. So, walk us through a detailed uh, fail, as they call it, with recording a podcast. Have you ever had like a moment? Like, I'll give you an example. I, I started off recording my podcast without a microphone. And I never cared that much, but I was just doing it for fun at the time. And then someone put me on a point that, hey, doesn't matter how much the microphone is, just using a microphone through your iPhone or whatever phone you're using will make that episode that much better. And when I did it, I heard a difference. I've seen a difference in my numbers. I've seen a difference in how people interacted with me after that. So have you had an epic fail while recording an episode? Oh, yes. So I, you know, I told you I was at the market and I was recording interviews. Well, I decided to use some of those interviews early on in my podcast episodes and they're great interviews, but they're terrible sound quality. And I didn't take the time to try to learn how to make the sound quality better because there's programs out there that can take terrible sounding audio and make it pretty decent. Um, but I didn't take the time to learn what those were or didn't ask for help. I thought, you know, oh, it's fine. People won't care about the audio. People very much care about the audio. That's all it is. So I had to learn and I had a professional podcaster evaluate my podcast. And this was where he just reamed me was how some of my interviews just sounded so terrible. And it was because I had the little physical recorder too far away from the person or I just had it, you know, just sitting out and the wind was blowing on it or any number of things. So I really had to change the way that I uh, record my episodes. And I too use a microphone. I use a snowball because I am very loud and I believe a round microphone catches my sound better. Um, but I had to go to a microphone as well because <laughs> I just, the sound, it, people care about the sound and it, it really matters. And I think if you want to be a successful podcaster, you have to learn that people care about those types of things. And that means you have to care about it. And I wholeheartedly agree. Like, um, I'm not one of these ones that tells people to go out here and buy um, the little audio interface or anything like that. But I do say, and I don't care what Yeti it is, the snowball to the uh, blackouts that I use. If you buy a Yeti microphone, you can plug it into your computer. You can sit there and you can work with the settings using um, whatever the G-Shock or whatever the other um, services you can to tool that microphone to sound just as good as anybody that has that expensive roadcaster and this and that. Um, I agree. I agree. And I like the situation of being portable with it because, uh, you know, like I've shown in my different videos, there's certain attachments that you could hook into that snowball and you could carry the thing anywhere with you. You could attach it to your back somehow and record. Um, so my next question to you is this. Since you had the snowball and you've recorded with it for a long time, I assume, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of the features that you like about it? So I am 
loud and I use my voice and like how I get closer to the microphone or a little bit further away as part of my telling a narrative or a story, depending on the segment and the tone that I want to set. I kind of, I, I use that as part of my um, setting up the story, if you will. And I like the snowball because it's round. And so I can, I just feel like it captures my whole voice, if that makes sense, even if I'm a little bit further away. And I just, and I also think just for me sitting here at my desk, that round microphone, it just feels less in my face. It feels less obtrusive. So I can look around. I don't feel like I'm just looking at a microphone. It's really nice. So I, I like it. Okay. And I appreciate that because um, once again, like I said, we're not against XLR mics or any of that other stuff like that, but it gives people a sense to know, hey, you can use those USB mics and you don't have to feel bad because um, some of these famous um, people that advertise things or try to hype up stuff, they say the first thing you got to do is get an audio interface. You got to buy this, you got to buy that. And I'm one of those people inside the stuff that I do. I try to get it, get people to understand that you can do your podcast like this. And this is this is something elementary, and I want to ask you if you agree with this. I record a show, and I could have the and all that other stuff. That episode still has to go through some type of editing process. I'm going to put it through some type of software. And if I don't put it through some software, I'm going to have somebody else put it through software to make it sound better. So the true idea, the true um, idea should be that the sound should come out in a good sense, but it's still going to have to be tailored a certain way. So my microphone should just be a microphone that makes me sound good. Doesn't have to be all the extra bells and whistles. Do you agree? I wholeheartedly agree. I think there are all kinds of ways to get to a quality end product. And as long as you're willing to try and get a little crafty and a little creative, people can figure it out on the lowest budget possible. Podcasting should not be a you know multi-million dollar project that you start initially. It can be literally a hundred dollar investment initially. Okay. And one thing that we do inside this episode is called the shameless plug. The shameless plug was something that I developed to let the audience hear about you in the very middle of the episode or towards the end, wherever. But I like you to do the shameless plug and let everybody know where they can find you on social media and how they can interact with you. Okay. All right. Well, I can be found on my website is littledecisionspodcast.com or you can find me on Instagram. I'm just at littledecisionspodcast. I'm on Facebook, just search Little Decisions Podcast or on Twitter, little D-E-C-P-O-D. I respond to all social media messages and I love them very, very much. So please send me a message telling me you heard me on here and that uh, we, of course, did great and you enjoy the episode so much. And see right there, that's, that's Podcasting 101 Marketing right there. Now, it's time in this show. I pay homage. I'm 36 years old. So, and the reason I always say that to people is so that they can understand why I pay homage to this news magazine. As a kid on Friday nights, I watched 2020, and I don't mm-hmm. know, what it was, but it was something about John Stossel with his comedic uh, portions in there. Diane Sawyer being a very strong interviewer. She's who I, I model some of my questions from, but then there was the queen, Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters could probably have been hyped up like Dan Rather just because they were in the business so long that, you know, they had a few questions that they asked you, but their questions uh, made you more personable or they gave you an intrigue that you went to sleep with. In Barbara Walters' case, I don't know, it'd be 1046 to 1055, I always do the same stick about it, so I'll just make it short. 
she would challenge your thoughts on that person or what that situation was. And she always challenged my thoughts. So we're going to do some 2020 questions. Are you ready, Victoria? I'm ready. Okay. You're making a podcast. We all have ups and downs, and that's something I repeat all the time, ups and downs. But what has been your biggest disappointment in podcasting? That people aren't willing to help each other enough. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. So I think what I mean by that is that, you know, sometimes podcasters like this interview is incredibly different from the other interviews I've had with podcasters where we kind of collaborate. And, you know, there's, there's a mutual respect and understanding of our craft and that we just want to make everyone better. I have had interviews that are less like that, where it's more about what can you give me? What can you bring to me? And that's fine. I understand that we are all at the end of the day, trying to sell our own podcast, but I think there is a camaraderie that could be there that's not, or at least I have found it to not be there. And I have, I have tried to reach out. And so I think, I think that's been the biggest disappointment is, is to be met with, with less than, less than stellar, I guess, uh, communications and friendships. And, and I have to say that, um, this is the first time I'm ever going to disagree with someone on something. I think that it's probably the circles you're in. So, uh, an amazing thing that we do tonight and it goes forward is you're a friend. So I hope that you, the people that are uh, immersed around me and stuff like that will grow around you and you can be involved with us. Cause uh, I've never experienced the side of the community that you're talking about. I have heard it quite a bit. And, and sometimes I think that, that with the, the, the community that you're talking about, those are the ones, like you said, that expect that expectation level, they're expecting you to be the superstar guest that's got 7,000, 3,000 followers to their little 800 followers, and you're supposed to bring them the success. And I really feel bad that you've dealt with that. Yeah, it's been it's been difficult. It, it was just surprising. I think that was that was the difficult part. Um, I have no doubt there are wonderful people out there, and I'm really excited that now I get to meet more of those people. Right, and, and wholeheartedly, once you you know in the little community that I'm part of, we, we consider it the middle tier podcast, not legacy or anything like that, because people like to throw that legacy name up there. But there's some great ones. So most definitely after this interview, uh, I'll spot check you 16 people that move and shake and do a great variety and make you feel at home inside this podcast community. Because I hate to hear your story on that part, because the community is really it really thrives on the support of other podcasters because I tell people when you really look at certain people, I have a very low Instagram following because I don't get my analytics. I don't get my listeners from there. Everybody knows you can read anything that I have on podcast songs or listen to it, how I get my listeners. So the people that are usually on mine, that thousand plus whatever, 1300 people, they're podcasters. My fans get to me in other intimate ways. And I know your fans get to you in other intimate ways to talk to you. So my next question is, is, you know, you get, get a little bit, bit of fanfare. you got people that like your podcast. What's it like hearing from somebody when your podcast does something for them? 
it, you know, I just had this today. I had someone reach out and ask me a question because they said that I kind of answered it for them in a podcast episode re recently, but not completely. And they wanted to see if I could answer the question completely for them. And it was just so moving that someone actually listened and heard what I meant to say, because, you know, we can listen and but we don't always hear what people say. We kind of filter it through our own lens and we hear what somewhat what we want to hear. And that's absolutely fine. We have every right to do that. But when my message really gets across and people hear what I was intending them to hear, it is just this magical moving moment that I just, I've, I've never had a platform before where I felt heard or understood until podcasting. And that is a powerful thing. I, I cannot overstate that. That is powerful. And it, it for me, it has been monumental to my mental health and just general well-being. Okay. Now I'm going to go with a hard-hitting question. Inside success, and I deal with this on a personal level, and when I say this, and everybody knows that my um, motto is success is silent. I don't scream my accolades of how many downloads or all this other stuff that I got because that's private business. And people can do that. I don't have any problem with that. But being successful starts getting you up a mountain. And, when, and you know, I'm in West Virginia, and you're near mountains too, correct? Mm-hmm. When you go up a mountain, something happens. There's the bottom. There's that portion that, um, you know, you have to deal with, like, when you get successful, you get to that top, and it's like, hey, the, the people that were supposed to be here with me are not here with me now. The people that I didn't want to be here with me sometimes or the ones that are here with me because they were more solid than the ones that I thought were going to be solid. So have you faced any of this? Are there people that were with you that are not with you now because of how you're doing with podcasting? Because you're in the newspaper. You're you're one step away from being a monument at uh, the University of Georgia. <laughs> I, I would like to think that, but that's probably not true. But I, you know, I, I have had that and I have, and it, it was been surprising the people that fell off and when they did, but it actually taught me something about myself, which was that I wanted this enough that I was willing to speak up for myself. I was willing to, when I was asked by people to not do things because it impacted them, but it meant I might not be successful. I said, no. And that's a powerful thing that I've rarely done in my life. And so I'm actually grateful to the people that aren't here because they helped me get here by making me stronger. So it was basically like you were, you were able to get validation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, you know, the things that they weren't happy with or that they felt were inappropriate or wrong were the parts of myself that I had been denying for so long. I, I tell a lot of truth in my story. I tell Welcome to the Haunting Ironically and Paranormal Stories podcast. Each week will be a different event, whether paranormal or some other strange and unexplained happening. Maybe even a haunting located near you will be examined and relayed to you. These events and stories are based on events have been given to us by the people who experience these events in their own lives. These stories will take you to the depths of fear and back again. You'll learn of places haunted by spectrals and other shadows. You will learn about ghost investigations, the demonic happenings, and possible possessions, dream homes taken over by paranormal or supernatural events. With all these stories, you will question yourself and locations you have been to. Those times you caught moment out of the corner of your eye or thought you did. 
You may just learn that it likely was some spirit from another plane of existence trying to get your attention. You may start questioning different locations you currently visit and begin to wonder if those slight noises that you're hearing are truly the building settling or someone from a past life walking down the hallway towards you. These weekly journeys will we take together will lead us down deserted roads into the deep and dark forest and through the doors of buildings we should not enter. Pull up a chair. Join me as we take a step into the unknown here on the Haunting Unearthly Paranormal Stories Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hupspodcast at yahoo.com or contact us through our website at www.hupspodcast.com. And just remember, believe those that you choose or believe in none, it is your choice. Tell the bad parts just as much as the good. And I, and they're true. And when you tell the truth, sometimes it hurts because it comes across as, you know, blaming or judgmental. And it's not people make mistakes. I'm a very forgiving person. So I, but I share my truth because it's, it's what shaped me. It's what made me who I am. And I'm not afraid of it anymore, but I think others still are. And that was really sad to experience, but very moving and it taught me something okay and I, I really like that i like i like your vernacular let me say that going forward and one thing about you that's very marketable you put a few videos out there on instagram um the one thing that's cool is that you always have this bright smile <laughs> and I, yeah go ahead no i said yeah i do yeah i do <laughs> a bright smile is hard because and like I said, we're, we're still in these 2020 questions. Behind that smile, there's some pain, there's some anger, there's some heart. So how do you keep a smile on your face through the tough times? That's the part that we don't talk about because when we when we do mental health, right, this is one thing that, that, that bothers me so bad. I can say that I'm depressed, right? I can tell you the factors into that depression. I can tell you how far the depression moves me away from the normal person I am. But the one part of mental health that we fail to actually talk about is when you have to use that defense mechanism of putting that smile on. We, like I said, we go through to all the gray area, but we don't say why we have to put that smile on or how we're able to do that. Me personally, I live a very drama-free life. I have this thing that I use as a defense mechanism called my memories museum. If it's something that is toxic, which I don't like to use that word, but if it's something that gives me a deficiency in my mind, I can put that person in my memory museum and I can move away from them. I can go on in life for the simple fact that I know that any type of negativity that I encourage or I sponsor or endorse will only lead to the negativity uh, continuing. Yeah. So how do you, huh? No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. And what I was going to say was, so how do you keep that smile? You know, I always have to remember that I have survived a hundred percent of my worst days. And because I've already survived all of those, this is easy. Today is easy. Whatever is happening is not insurmountable. And I'm able to get to that smile because at the end of the day, there's no decision that I'm willing to make that's going to change who I am as a person. Like I know myself enough to know that in the heat of the moment, I'll make that tough decision if I have to, you know, because I've done it enough. I've seen it enough. And I really 
have a comfort in that. And, and that is how I'm able to get that smile on my face is just remembering that I've survived all those times before my, my story is one of resiliency because I just keep getting back up and, and I don't mind doing that again and again and again. And that makes me smile because most people don't expect you to get back up. That is true. That is so true. Now to, to get this episode tied up and to get everything in a good place. If I have a conference in, um, let's see what's close by, Charleston, South Carolina, and you're headlining my podcast conference, and you are the headline speaker, so that means that you're not the first one, but you're the last one, you be the most important message. What is the most important message you would give to a podcaster? And I'm not talking about a podcaster that's starting. I'm talking about a podcaster that's in the middle, in the thick of things, and ready to quit podcasting. What would you tell them? I would tell them, I would tell them that because you've come this far, you know that there's so much more left to go. And as long as you can try to find a way to be consistent, you can keep going. Because I think what we need most in podcasting, what makes us great is consistency. I think that's what people are always searching for is consistency. They love that. They love coming to something and knowing that even if it's going to be a little different, it's going to kind of shake its head a little bit. There's going to be something about it. There's some sort of part of it that they just are drawn to. And it's usually the host, some part of the host that they're drawn to. And so don't forget that there's a part of you that is consistent enough and has been to get you to this point and will get you further if you're willing to keep investing in it. And that right there was the gym of the episode. <laughs> that right there, that was, that was what needed to be said, what needed to be heard. So every podcaster, aspiring, pledging, whatever, make sure you listen to that soundbite. And I'm definitely gonna use that when I do the soundbite for this episode. Great, great, hooray. <laughs> so in closing, um, there's a little segment I do in my, in my normal show that we're going to do here. We've given you the time. We've listened to everything you had to say. And everything was amazing. We like that. But we need to know a secret or a hidden talent that no one knows about you. I have had people on my show. It's a lady in Georgia, actually, that goes around to Goodwills. She buys... Uh, paintings, puts rhinestones on them and glitter and resells them at high values. There's a lady in North Carolina that when she hears the sound of carbonation if a can opens, she flips her lid and can't go on with the rest of her day. Um, there was another person that's been on the show that told their secret. It was something crazy like uh, they can't skip or something like that. And I was like, you can't skip? That doesn't make sense. Everybody can skip, but they can't skip. All right. Well, I've, okay. So I've got one. It's kind of weird. Um, it's not too weird, but I can, I can actually cross my first four toes. I can cross the first two and the second two over each other on both feet. And I like to do it when I get a little stressed, I'll just play with my toes and cross them. And for whatever reason, it's very calming. It's a very weird thing. And I've never told anyone that before. <laughs> well, here's the challenge now, since you told us about it, um, we definitely need to see a video of that sometime whenever you get courageous and you're ready to do it. 
I will paint those toes and I will do that because it is pretty, it's pretty entertaining because like, I'll just be talking to people and just doing it. Just do, 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 do. It's like braiding hair. Yes, and most definitely will have to see that. Now, in closing, um, Victoria, you are an amazing individual inside this podcasting world. It takes a lot to do your podcast with the mirrors all around you. Someone like me, I'm just a journalist that does podcasting, so that's a little different. What you do is you show the human emotion. The human emotion is something that touches everyone. We don't know how emotions touch people because no one ever truly expresses how the emotion feels. We use adjectives and words to describe that emotion. But we don't know the actual physical, uh, the mental portions of that, what, 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 how our words help people. I want to tell you thank you for providing the world, the listeners across Instagram and anywhere else that you are present on all streaming platforms um, with your voice. It is so courageous and it's so hard to get out here and to handle mental health taboos and stigma. To go out and to provide uh, an example of what your community is like and what it's like to be charming and at the same time truly want to genuinely make people happy those type of traits are what's lost in this world so i want you to never lose them those that's my testament to you today that's the person you are that's the person that you've received from the videos from everything that we can see of you the parts of your life that you give us access to so when you go to sleep tonight and i don't know how cold it is there it's about 36 degrees here so it's probably 45 50 down there mm-hmm. um, and you put your cover over yourself, rest assured and know that this world loves your level of dedication to mental health and to the person, the people that surround Athens, Georgia, and everyone in the world. Well, thank you. That, you know, that really matters. I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm actually kind of speechless. Thank you. You're welcome. And at this moment, I'm your guy's host. My name is JR from West Virginia Commonplace. And I have Victoria with me from Little Decision Podcast. And I want to take this moment to really thank you because we had a minor, and I'm putting this in that too, we had a minor miscommunication and we were able to, to fix it real fast and to do a quality episode. I really appreciate your fortitude and your willingness to because I, I had a toxic trait about my time frames on things, for you to actually work with me on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one thing I am working on. And, and some people say I'm fine with it, but I know that it's kind of toxic in a certain degree. Um, so I want to thank you for, for taking the time to come on the show and do it. And I want to let you know that you're always welcome to be on the show. If you ever want to be on one of our panels for one of our funny topics, serious topics, or anything we're doing, you are always welcome. You are family to the West Virginia Commonplace podcast and our affiliates. Um, and I hope in the near future that you feel welcomed and wanted inside that community in a stronger manner than what has been in front of you. And I want you to carry this one thought that has always uh, been with me. And, and, and like it's something that I give to certain people, but I got to give it to you because you deserve. There was a man named Charles Swindle. Do you know who that is? 
It, the name sounds familiar. Sorry. Well, you follow a motto that he has. And I'm going to read this real quick because I want to get this out there. Uh, he had this poem called Attitude. And attitude is something that you can tell that you have. You have a good level of maturity to you. So the saying goes like this. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what, what, what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. You personify this. If I had to put a plaque and put that up for you and make an award that I'm going to give away at this podcast, convincing that that's proverbial, um, I will put that and put your face beside it. Your attitude and your structure are what make you great. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I really, I, I just try to be me. And I've always found that as long as I don't let other people change who I am, it's pretty great being me and sharing that with the world. And, and then I get to see how other people really are because people like to be authentic when you're authentic with them. So thank you. I love that quote. I wrote that down. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look that up. Almost definitely, you know, after we're done, I'll send it to you. So Great. once again, this is JR for West Virginia and Commonplace. And please real quick, do a quick plug and say where you're from and everything about your podcast, Victoria. Yep. So you can find Little Decisions podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's on every major platform, Spotify, um, everywhere. Apple, I, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere. You can also listen on littledecisionspodcast.com. That's my website that I've built with the help of my husband. Thank goodness for him. Or you can find me on Instagram anywhere. Just search Little Decisions Podcast. And I hope you'll give me a listen. And on that note, we are signing off. I want to thank everybody that listened. Um, I want to thank everybody that gets involved with the podcast a lot of episodes because it's more than just bridging um, audiences. It's getting to know the podcaster in a way that you're not going to ever find out about it. And that's why I love doing these series. And that's why we'll continue to do these series. So if anyone that's interested in doing these, you are always welcome to email me at wvuncommonplace at gmail.com. Or you can just send me something in a DM and we can work something out. Once again, this is JR signing off.